Hello and welcome back to the Leaders Who Love What They Do podcast. Delighted to be back here. It's Anne Collins, your host. And today we're talking about how to create change and how to do that by creating new habits, by using the subconscious mind. So we all know that a huge 95% of our behaviour is driven by our habits or our subconscious, leaving only 5% to our free will or discipline or self-control, if you like. So many of our daily actions and responses are automatic and this makes sense otherwise we would be absolutely exhausted if we had to decide to breathe or to to eat or to have a have a drink of water so when we when when we want to make changes to our behavior um, instead of thinking about how to engage our willpower and forcing ourselves to do a new action if we could actually tap into that subconscious wouldn't that be easier and there is great news on this because in coaching we use this a lot. We tap into the subconscious in lots of different ways, coming at it from different directions. And it's that that I would like to talk to you um, about today. Because if we can embed new habits into our everyday thinking and doing, then obviously it's going to be so much easier. Our likelihood of success is is so much easier, which is why um, habits obviously help us. But actually doing that um, requires a bit of preparation. So there are four steps, I would say, to creating new habits. So firstly, we need to be ready for the change. Secondly, we need to override the old habits and actually create new ones. And thirdly, we need to repeat those actions intentionally. And fourthly, we need to connect to the change that that involves in a very meaningful way. So the first step, are you actually ready for change? So checking your desire for change is a step that many forget. If it's a should, I should do this, it's not probably going to have the the desired effect because if we don't really want that change then what do we tap into in terms of motivation so really asking ourselves how much do we want this change and are we ready for the consequences um it can also help us to identify if we're waiting perhaps for that perfect moment because when we're waiting for the perfect moment it's it's worth uncovering what it is that's actually stopping us from starting that and often that can relate back to well do we actually really want that change because probably if we want it we can make a start anyway So going back to thinking about our purpose and values is a very valuable exercise here. This will help you to get the direction and the motivation to persist in the long term. And as we know, with any with any behavior change, persistence is going to be key. So step two, creating new habits that override the old, because undoing habits is very difficult by their very nature. They are ingrained and automatic, which is why I encourage my clients to create new ones. And being very precise about what those new habits are going to be is so important. So, for example, if we have the if we have the the intention of um, getting fitter, for example, that will probably have less success than do a 30 minute walk five times a week before work because we can visualize it easily we can celebrate it we can measure it and we can we can really start to see what that uh, what that's going to look like on a daily basis 
getting started is a common hurdle and creating a visual nudge can also help. So for example, to remind myself to get up and do early morning yoga, I created a visual nudge. So my yoga kit is actually on the floor right next to my bed and that works. Of course, I must remember to put it there the night before and that also sets the intention for me the night before. It's, a, it's almost another mini nudge in fact. It's again, it's checking, do I really want to do this? And if I do, I will make the effort to actually put that kit out there. A client of mine wanted to get into the habit of going for a run at the end of the day to create a boundary between working from home and the evening with his family. So we we thought about different ways of doing this and, and how we could create a visual nudge for him. And what he decided to do was to place his trainers at the door of his study after lunch, which created that visual nudge. It also, again, set the intention earlier in the day, reminded him that that's what he had actually wanted to do. And, and that was the just the reminder that he needed the little push that he needed to to go and get his kit and actually um, go and get it sorted and uh, go out simply announcing your habit to friends and family is something that we're, we're very aware of we see people announcing on social media that they're going to do certain things and that's a way of getting accountability and helping us to embed a new habit and this creates this creates an enormous uh, motivation for many people so Keeping it simple, just enlist the support of someone who's going to maybe send you a little reminder and or check in with you and see how you're getting on. Using an app or a tracker or simply just noting your progress in a diary can work too. So there, there, it doesn't need to be complicated. Just these little ways of starting, starting the habit, getting it up and going, getting a bit of support, celebrating the progress as you're going along and, and just get, making sure you build in that uh, pat on the back that we, all, that we all need. The third step is about repeating actions intentionally to create new neural pathways. So neuroscientists have been studying how we can change our behaviour. And in very simple terms, they've shown that our behaviour and habits create neural pathways. So when we repeat those, it simply reinforces these pathways and makes them more automatic. So if you think of anything that you've, you've repeatedly done, you can see that it, that it becomes a habit after some time. There is, a, there is a debate about how long that takes. Some people will say it takes a, a few weeks, a few months. Uh, I, I think it depends on what the habit is, how hard it is for you and, and many other things. But certainly repetition is key. And we can see that for ourselves when we think about, for example, reading. If you're reading something, you're probably unlikely to be really thinking about how to do that decoding because you've done it so many times before. It's so easy. Or if you're making yourself, um, if you're making yourself a cup of tea, you're probably not thinking about what you need to do, what the steps are. It's become an automatic reaction. And in the same way, your new habits need to be repeated intentionally to set up those those new pathways and to become automatic. So how do neuroscientists suggest that we do this? Well, there are, there are some different ways, but an interesting one, I think, is about connecting your new behaviour to your senses and positive emotions. So in a sense, creating that system of accountability is a part of that. 
it's also why having habits that are very precise help because we can visualize ourselves doing it if our if our new habit is to do a 30 minute walk every day at a certain time we can visualize ourselves doing that it's specific and we know what that is going to what that's going to look like essentially if we can start to connect this new behaviour to as many different senses as possible, we add in a whole new layer of subconscious that can help us to reinforce that action and we can anchor in that tra- that change. Sorry. So by visualising what you're seeing, what you're hearing, what you're touching and paying attention to the positive emotions that you feel as, as that new habit is being introduced, you can start to train the brain in a sense to make those connections between that action, that new action and those feelings and positive emotions. So A neuropsychologist, Rick Hansen, tells us that our brains are unfortunately hardwired to remember the negative. Now, this is unfortunate to say the least. So, but armed with this, we need to make a deliberate effort to integrate the positive experiences and commit them to our memories. So writing them down and sharing the successes. This is where using your app or if you're um, if you're a fan of uh, the apps like Strava for sport, for example, you'll you'll know that this is a way that people try to set up new habits and keep motivated. So sharing successes can really help. But if it's all so easy, why is it so hard? Well, the above steps assume that you've already worked through perhaps the most important question of all. What's stopping you in the first place from making that change? So working through those thoughts, and they're probably automatic thoughts, the the beliefs that you have, and possibly also silencing that inner voice that's maybe telling you that that's not possible or it's not for you or you've already tried it before and it didn't work whatever that inner voice is saying that's maybe not very helpful we need to work through all of that in order to to really make best use of those four other steps so cultivating that mindset that you need will help you cross that all important line of starting and that's where we just need to start just thinking about what is it that's stopping you from starting So if you're interested in finding out how to work with me, either for yourself or your organisation, do get in touch. Go to www.bluebottlecoaching.com and do continue to subscribe to our podcast, Leaders Who Love What They Do. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave a review. We absolutely love to get those. It's great to hear what you think and also tell us what you'd like to hear more of. Thanks so much. Have a good week. Bye bye.